Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And, of course, those were the dulcet tones of Zach Price, and he joins us now. Professional sports investor and futures better, Zach Price, here on BetQL Daily. Zach, thank you so much for joining us. All right, you mentioned you were uh, not going to tail the Bengals in your futures bets, and so far, so good. Uh, they have not looked like the best team in the AFC North, but now on BetMGM, they are four to one to win the division. The Ravens are leading the way as favorites at plus one fifteen. Do you feel like Joe Burrow is back? Do you feel like this Bengals defense showed us something? Is now a time to take the Bengals at four to one, or are you still fading them? Sure, Ed, and thanks again for having me on your show. Um, love coming on here with you, Aaron and Joe, always. And you know, yeah, I made that call because. You know, when you bet futures, you don't have to like win your futures on a season long thing in the first week. And so you're looking for when are you going to get the value? So, you know, Burrow was a question mark. Turns out my words came true and they lost a couple games early. That's when you want to get on Joe Burrow and the bank and their value is there. So they were like plus 140 to win the division back in early September. And now they're plus 400. Um so again, we're still early in the year, if you ask me. And I kind of want to look at the next four or five games. Like, I'm not worried about, Ed, I'm not worried about Joe Burrow, what he looks like this week. Is he fully back? I want to know, are they going to get in the playoffs? Or, you know, uh, what, what, what are they going to do towards the end of the season when it is going to be? Because this division is so tight. We talked about it, you know, in that show in early September. All four teams potentially could make the playoffs. Um, Bengals are on a bye right now. Then they face... San Francisco in San Francisco. Then they face Buffalo. So their next two games is San Francisco and Buffalo, possibly the you know the two top teams along with KC. So I'm not jumping on the Bengals right now. I want to see how they do those two games. Now, if they beat San Francisco and San Francisco and they beat Buffalo, I might have missed some value there, but I can still jump that point knowing they are the best team in the AFC. Uh, Zach, man, you're living your best life every time I see a Peter Gabriel concert the other day. It's some event, a sporting event or a concert. How was it? What was, what was the best song? Salisbury Hill? You you a Shock the Monkey uh, that, guy? That, or? that Toy Story song. Joe, you, you got kids. The Toy Story song is, is what uh, Peter Gabriel gets. Uh, the younger generation, um, my generation and the older generation remembers him from Genesis yeah. with Phil Collins. So. Um, right. bit of a weird concert, but, um, you know, me, I'm, I'm just looking at <laughs> a good end. It was weird. Uh, bounce Wait, what made it weird? Bends. Well, it, 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 you know, it was very slow. He had a lot of guys in orange jumpsuits who were, um, on the stage <laughs> and I, I, the angle I had was, you know, I, I just not my cup of tea specifically Always in for a good show. And I love watching the best performers perform, which is why I love sports so much. There you go. All uh, right. Segue. Let's, what? I, I was curious. I have so much we, we, Paul Aspen, like, he's like, I love Salisbury Hill. Like, he was going on and on about it. So I wanted to, I wanted to follow <laughs> um, up. I mean, Joe, you know me. I'm all sports all the time. So if I can get into a concert and take a, you know, a couple hours break, it, it it's nice. But you know, as soon as the game, yes, you know, I was watching. Well, I'm not going to lie to you guys. We, we're all friends here. I was watching Monday Night Football yes. on my phone. Come on. Okay, During the I was concert? gonna ask oh, did it must someone have stopped. force you to go to this concert. It feels like you went, you got invited, and maybe it's... you didn't really want to go. Let's just say last minute sweet tickets fell into my lap with full buffet and 
bartend, you know, all you can drink. And I'm not a drinking <laughs> man, but I will either. eat. Well, you, you go. Know, I will try yeah, everything from the buffet. So, yeah, yeah. you got to go then. Yeah. I love it. All right, let's sure. talk NBA. I am so excited. The season is about to tip off. Let's talk about MVP. We've got Shea Butter, one of your favorite bets for MVP. Tell me your case. <laughs> you know, Aaron, when I'm looking at the MVP, in... <laughs> I'm not going to bust a freestyle for you today if that's what you're laughing about. I don't know what the chuckle is, but oh, you know, when I'm looking at the futures on. on the MVP, yo. I, I, this is the NBA, the beginning of NBA. We got to get serious today, okay? We can save the the wrap in for like mid season when you know things are underway and the markets have settled. But right now, MVP, <laughs> I don't ever want to take the favorite. So I'm here in Denver, and Nikola Jokic is, you know, plus four fifty, and he's gonna be there at the end of the day because he never gets injured because he doesn't. And he just you know moves his body up and down the court and somehow ends up with you know 30 14 and 11 so he'll be there at the end of the day but i'm not going to take him right away i am afraid of a little bit of a slow start with the nuggets you know with that banner raising they're going to have next tuesday against the lakers and um a little championship hangover for those younger guys jamal murray michael porter jr um i'm gonna look down the board um and i don't want to look at a, an mvp candidate who is suddenly sharing or who shares the ball. Giannis is now going to be sharing with Damian Lillard. I want to see how that plays out. I don't think they're going to start as hot. And, you know, to win the MVP, it's not just about the individual. It's about the team performance as well. So, you know, Kevin Durant, book, they got to share the ball. Um, you know, Embiid has, well, we don't know what's going on with Harden, but I fully expect Harden to be playing at the beginning of the year, even if that's not what the rumors are saying. He's going to be sharing the ball, I think. Um, he is the MVP and win it two years in a row and get those votes is very difficult. So I'm looking around and I see SGA, he's 24 years old. He averaged two years ago, 24 and a half points. Last year, he averaged 31 and a half points. That's a seven point increase. And his shots only, his shot attempts only went up one and a half shots a game and he's scoring seven points more. His three point shots, he averaged 5.3 three pointers two years ago. He averaged two and a half three-pointers last year. So he's scoring more and shooting less. This is incredible. Um, he's got Ingram coming in to help him out and, you know, create space. I, I love Jay at 18 to 1 as an MVP candidate. Rookie of the year is going to be an interesting market because I know Victor Wimbanyama is getting a ton of attention already because he's so tall. Uh, the length is certainly there and he can do a lot of things on the floor where you don't even necessarily have to draw plays up for him. He's been super fantastic, but is there value elsewhere in the rookie of the year market? Well, I don't think there's any value on Wemby. I mean, the, the bookmakers know the money's pouring in on him. He's a freak of nature, you know. I mean, that dunk he had the other night over Thomas Bryant, I mean, just unreal. But he's playing for the Spurs. Um, there's not, you know, people are going to be double teaming him. Teams are going to be targeting him. And if he goes down with a bone bruise or gets a little injured or needs some rest, like, they're going to be cautious with this guy. I mean, they might to shut him down at the end of the year once they're way out of the playoffs and, you know, maybe he I just, just you have to consider betting on rookie of the year now Chet Holmgren on the other hand has had a full year off of traveling with an NBA team watching his team make it to the playing game and win the playing game love Chet Holmgren for rookie of the year and at three to one I think there's still a lot of value um I came on your show in like June saying Chet Holmgren rookie of the year he was about six to one so the public's picking up on this but he is so fantastic in 
blocking shots. He, he, he hits the three. He has this. Zach, I think we're losing you a little bit. Uh, the connection seems to be uh, malfunctioning a little bit. So uh, maybe uh, we'll reset him, uh, try and get him back uh, in just a bit, sort of uh, redo that connection in just a bit. But uh, first, Joe, let's talk about uh, some of yeah. these NBA ideas. I mean, he likes uh, SGA to win MVP. Also mentioned LeBron James, uh, someone who has had some consistency now uh, out with the Lakers at 40 to 1. It's definitely something where I know folks are going to immediately look at the favorites, but with all of these teams, you could be dealing with some voter fatigue. That's certainly a real thing. And with some of these star players having to work with new guys, at least that dimension makes a good bit of sense to me. Yeah. On, on MVP, it's with the LeBron angle. It's just, is he going to play enough? You know, with certain right. players, there, there are a number of games you're just going to miss. I'm not even talking about an injury. Uh, but yet, where we left off, and we'll get right back to Zach in a moment, it, the rookie of the year, I'm surprised that even at the start of the season, you can get plus money on Wembenyama. Like, mm -hmm. I thought this would mm -hmm. this would go out, odds on, and it would continue and continue and continue. But yeah, second and third, scoot after the trade, Chet Holmgren, Zach went over the reasons why. Second and third favorites seem to be getting a lot of love ever since the draft. Yeah, I think staying away from the favorite here is a good look. I don't think I'm going to jump in now, but definitely rookie of the year is something I'm going to keep an eye on. And it looks like we got Zach back. What's up, Zach? When I start Zach, talking Zach. about Chet Holmgren, Aaron, like that goes down. Um, <laughs> um, I love Chet Holmgren year. Like, I don't know where I cut off, but the guy has handles. The guy blocks shots, the three. He's playing for an up-and-coming team team he had off to learn the nba and learn every city that they traveled to his team went to a playing game i think he's just ready and i'm all in on chet home from rookie fair enough joe very good uh let, let's talk about we can talk about lebron i hear you in the background <laughs> no let's talk to division futures this is something that gets oh go ahead go ahead you think lebron go ahead you, you don't want to get me started on lebron guys heart. i mean i'm from cleveland and you know he's you not gonna play enough check my bio he's not gonna play enough uh, joe joe we're playing the market so he's 35 to one at mg he's 40 to one at mg yeah 35 to one at the odds for where i am on opening night banner night and if lebron james has a triple double and they beat the defending champions his odds are going to plummet after one game now if they start four and oh he's going to go from 40 to one so like 12 to one, he's the only guy in the NBA that can, the public loves him. They, you know, mm -hmm. and we can worry about the, you know, the 55, 60 games he's been playing later on, but I just, I can never underestimate the champion. So LeBron James, MVP 40 to one, you pick that up with some SGA and, you know, we'll see what happens. Gosh, old man LeBron, I don't know. Maybe we can wait and get a better number because he might miss some time or get injured at some point. But I do like the argument there, and some people are high on the Lakers this season. What about division bets? Anywhere you want to take us, um, do you have any favorite division bets? Well, don't get me started on the Cavaliers, Aaron, so we're not going to go there today. We'll save that for another episode. Oh, I'll go in the, the, you know, let's go in the Western Conference. Oklahoma City Thunder. I just talked about them. SGA for MVP. Chet Holmgren for Rookie of the Year. Um, OKC is six to one in the division. We know who the favorites are. It's the Nuggets again. 
I'm concerned about a slow start from the Nuggets, and I really like OKC and their young, fresh legs. Uh, they, 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 I mean, they had the youngest team in the in history two years ago, and now they've got Chet coming back. Um, they've got a full stack of players. You know, we know Lou Dort is is playing defense all over the place, and Josh Giddy. I mean, he's 21, and he's like a veteran, and he's fantastic driving to the hoop. How about that pick and roll with Chet and Giddy? Him rolling to the hoop, and how about the pick and roll with the SGA and Chet, like popping out and hitting his mid range jumper? I like them to win the division at six to one. That is that is wild. You love the Oklahoma City Thunder. Have you purchased your season tickets yet? Uh, you know, with Chet Holmgren and company. Uh, you know, do you want to take Chet Holmgren for Defensive Player of the Year as well? I mean, so I don't know if MGM will let you parlay rookie of the year and defensive player of the year. I haven't tried it. Might not be something they they want you to do. But if you can parlay those things together, if he if he wins defensive player of the year, Ed, he's winning rookie of the year. And the way he blocks shots in the lane, I'm just going to throw out Chet Holmgren, 40 to one defensive player of the year. Um, wow. We'll see. This is not your father's NBA uh, for for us older guys. Like like. You know, Patrick Ewing, David Robinson, Shaquille O'Neal, um, you know, that, that that era of players, the Admiral and, and, and everything like we're not playing against those guys anymore. We're not going against Benoit Benjamin and Mark Eaton and, you know, Kevin Duckworth. We're going against these, you know, kind of thinner mobile players. So if Shaq can hold his own against like a Valanchunas, for example, again, in, in Memphis mm-hmm. um, or New Orleans, you know, like he, uh, he has. The ability to block four shots a game, I think. I really do. Uh, maybe not four, but like getting up there. So I'm going to throw that out as a long shot and we'll see what happens. I also like Evan Mobley from the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's put on some more muscle and he got some defensive player of the year first place votes last year. So I really like him. It's nice to have Jared Allen alongside him. Anthony Davis, I think, is the best defensive player in the NBA. I do worry about his longevity. He seems to get injured every year. And I worry about, you know, his lack of urgency, let's call it like, you know, playing all those games at a high level. So I'm just going to stay away from them. I got another long shot for you. And you want to, you, you know, you're, you're thinking my Oklahoma stuff is crazy. How about Ben Simmons defensive player of the year? He led the league in steals once he's 50 to one on MGM. Oh, oh my gosh. Ben Simmons. Wow. Oh, That's... Zach. I don't know. Right on, he's down I'm going to need a hundred on him. In a month. <laughs> I mean, you know, in all fairness, that's like the one thing he can do. So, you know what I. But think are they going to vote for him though? Are they going to vote? Well, I, you know, but if he leads the league, the idea. But I know but we the idea go. of everybody loves the comeback yeah. story. I think the public will get behind him. Okay. All right. Most Zach Price, professional pension. sports investor and futures better. Thank you so much for your time. Make sure to follow him on X, by the way, at Zachonomics. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, Sean Zarillo from the Action Network will share all of his updated MLB playoff insights. That's right here on the BetQL Network. Center. He's watching. It's flying. Goodbye. Schwarber strikes again. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL.
Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And joining us now to talk about the MLB postseason, it's Sean Zarello of the Action Network. Sean, thank you so much for joining us. Well, the Phillies absolutely dominated the Diamondbacks in Game 2. So my question to you is simple. Is there value on the Phillies to sweep the NLCS at plus 210? No, I don't think so. And I, I laid uh, or I took plus 125, plus 120 on the Phillies to win in six games or fewer, minus one and a half games before the series. But the one spot I had circled about Arizona was game three. It's the one game that I do favor them in the series after the Phillies dominated games one and two so thoroughly. I expected there to be an over adjustment in how the game was priced. And I expected to get plus money in Arizona. And that's exactly what we got. So Project Arizona about 53%, minus 112 in game three. It is the one game where I do think they have a starting pitching advantage with Brandon Fott likely going against Ranger Suarez. And I made them closer to 55% over the first five innings. So would bet them up to about minus 110 over the first half, first five innings, and about minus 105 over the full game. Did have to jump in in Arizona. Not sure where the price is going to go, but I assume a lot of money, a lot of public money came in on Philadelphia initially. We'll see where the line eventually goes as limits open up, but it seems to me like this is probably going to be a, uh, a pros versus Joe's public versus sharp game. Uh, and I'm unfortunately going to have to have money on Arizona, but uh, this is the one spot where I expected to bet them pre-series and I have already fired on them for game three. So hopefully I got the best of the number at plus 115 and it doesn't move up too much higher. Okay. Uh, now everybody's in on the home run props. It even felt like up to last night, like you can still find Trey Turner at plus 450. Uh, to hit a home run like that the group of guys if you're just betting those every game like at least a couple of them are are going yard have you been jumping in on home run props with these Phillies no you know the thing I've been betting is walk props especially for Bryce Harper Uh, there's just such a an obvious time where they're looking to pitch around Harper he homered on the first pitch that he saw in game one and then basically Zach Allen refused to throw him another strike after that he hit the RBI single that drove in Turner that pitch was inside. Gallon threw the same pitch in his third at bat and actually got a called strike on it. But if you look at the, the game chart, the game log, that pitch is inside. So clearly pitching around Harper. Merrill Kelly walked him on four pitches to start the game last night. I think Bryce Harper to walk at minus 105 in game three is absurd. It should be minus 140, if not higher. It's pretty evident that Arizona is wishing, willing to pitch around him in big spots. And uh, with Alec Bohm sitting behind him, especially when they have right-handed pitchers going like Bott, I think – Boehm is the much more enticing guy to attack. So Harper to walk, uh, it's a prop of bet pretty much every game of the postseason so far, and it's something I'm going to keep betting with the form he's in and if teams are willing to bet around him for a pitch around him. I just have such such a difficult time projecting, you know, when guys are going to homer. I can look at matchups and bet over one and a half total bases. That's usually what I like to go to is the the total bases props just because I see the, uh, the matchups in terms of the pitch arsenal and then, you know, it's difficult for me to project whether a guy's going to head out of the park, but I, I can predict whether I think he's going to have good matchups for the entire night. Um, you know, even even in terms of tonight's Houston and Texas game, right, I bet Jordan Alvarez over one and a half total bases. He has great numbers against Scherzer, matches up really well with Scherzer. But with a guy like Michael Brantley, who owns Scherzer throughout his career, if you think about it more from a matchup perspective, and we can get into this in a bit, Scherzer probably not going to face Brantley more than once, if not twice. And then Brantley's probably going to get fed lefties for the rest of the game. So Jordan's a guy who I think is going to have good matchups all night because he does smoke lefties almost as well as he hits righties. 
Brantley a guy who is going to have the good matchup against Scherzer and then probably get neutralized the rest of the game. So try to break it down more than just the starting pitching matchups from my perspective. I try to see which relievers I think might be coming in to face these guys. And like I said, it's just difficult to project nights that I think these guys are going to go yard. The Phillies have obviously been very profitable with the number of home runs that they've been hitting. Uh, also been very profitable if you're betting on their opponents not to hit home runs because they've really suppressed that and racked up the strikeouts and limited the walks. But, uh, yeah, I, I try to focus really deep on who I think these guys are going to face on a night-to-night basis. And uh, I think the walk props have been really fun to bet just because I know a guy like Bryce Harper is going to keep getting pitches outside of the zone, and it's just up to him to not swing at them. Well, you teed it up perfectly. Obviously, the big storyline for tonight is Max Scherzer, Mad Max, returning to the mound after about a month off. Are you anticipating rust? I know, you know, it's kind of hard to predict this kind of situation after a month off for Scherzer, but not a lot to love about Javier on the other side either. What do you like in tonight's matchup? Yeah, so, you know, it it definitely comes down to pitcher uses and trust, and I would look to Javier overs and Scherzer unders. Javier over in terms of outs recorded. Uh, His last start against the Twins, they were up 5-0, I believe, in the fifth inning but he had a bases loaded one out spot after walking consecutive batters. He had gotten up to five walks in the game and Dusty Baker showed that he trusts Christian Javier to get at a big spot. This guy was great in the postseason last year. He was awful for the first five months of the regular season. But if you look in just his September numbers, isolate just his September numbers, he got back pretty close to the level where he was last year. So Christian Javier seemed to find it over the past four weeks of the season was really good in that start against the Twins, even though he walked a bunch of guys. He got his stuff back. And I think, you know, him to record over 12 and a half outs tonight, even though it's gotten juiced up, is a solid look just because three consecutive days here of games, you don't need to go too deep or you don't want to go too deep into your bullpen tonight. On top of the fact that Houston used J.P. France, one of their two long relievers, in game two behind Fromber Valdez. So I think they need innings from Christian Javier tonight. I think Javier's been pitching better. That said, Javier over one and a half walks as well, I think is a good look too. Since Evan Carter joined this Rangers team, they've chased less often at pitches outside of the zone as any other team. And Javier is basically a two-pitch guy, going to throw fastballs high in the zone, going to try to get you to chase low and away with the slider, low and inside to lefties with the slider. But lefties do handle him much better than righties. And there's a number of lefties in this Rangers lineup. So I do think he's going to get out tonight and get innings, but I also think he's probably going to walk a few guys as well. So Javier over one and a half walks, over 12 and a half outs. And then looking at Scherzer, as I said, the unders, I don't think he's going more than 60 to 70 pitches tonight at most. And that's assuming he's effective and not actually getting blown up early. So Scherzer, I don't think he's getting through this lineup more than twice. I don't think he's getting past the fourth inning. Under 12 and a half, under 12 and a half outs, under four and a half strikeouts, I think are both solid looks. He also reportedly was pitching in the low 90s in terms of his velocity in the bullpen session that he threw last week during the divisional series, maybe he's gotten it a tick higher, but he averaged close to 94 miles an hour this season. So if he's sitting 91, 92, 92, 93, instead of 94, 95, where he typically is, that's just going to reduce his effectiveness as well. So going to lead to fewer strikeouts, going to lead to him getting pulled early. So like the under in the game tonight, based on where it opened, would not touch the total now. Need plus money on under nine, but Scherzer overs, Javier unders. That's, as my big targets for tonight. And then also Jordan to walk again, too. I think he might continue to get pitched around as well. Any series bets for the ALCS that stand out to you as far as how long that'll go? 
You know, if you're going to bet Houston at this point, I, I make Houston about 20% to win the series, so plus 400. I would typically want, like, plus 450 in order to bet them at this stage. I think the better approach is just to bet them to win in game seven at plus 600. If you like Houston to come back in this series, I have a difficult time seeing them winning four consecutive games against this Rangers team. But if it does get to a game seven and Houston's at home, well, look at who Texas has lined up today to pitch in game three. If Max Scherzer loses today, who's throwing for Texas in game seven? Is it going to be a piggyback between Andrew Heaney and Dane Dunning? I assume John Gray is going to go for game four for the Rangers and whoever doesn't go between Heaney and Dunning today will likely go tomorrow behind Ray. But Texas is going to have a pitching problem if they do get to a game seven. And even though I'm not particularly high on Christian Javier, his numbers, as I said, have been much better down the stretch. And I would give them a pitching advantage at home in a potential game seven. So would love to have a juicy plus 600 ticket riding into a potential game seven where I make Houston 57%. I don't think it necessarily gets there. But I also feel like people have given up on this Houston team too. And they're just sort of fast forwarding to a Phillies Rangers world series. And that seems a little bit criminal to me as well, considering where Houston has been, you know, in the past 10 years or so, or in the, you know, the past decade, I did try to bet against them in these playoffs, but down 2 0 you know, I, I think people are sort of overlooking their chances to come back, especially just from an optics perspective. I really worry that throwing Max Scherzer is going to allow Houston to get back into the series, throwing an injured Max Scherzer mm-hmm. gets us to two one and then all of a sudden it looks like a series again. So I think if they do have to, or if they do want to throw Scherzer, today is probably the day because you still do have a fully rested bullpen behind him. That said, I I just worry that throwing a guy who's less than 100% is going to get the defending champions back into the series. Yeah, they're they're both 2-0, but these two situations are wildly different. Could could not agree more. Uh, And also like the approach of Javier overs, Scherzer unders, but I wanted to follow up on one that I didn't hear you mention on Javier. Would you also look at over on the strikeouts? He had nine against Minnesota. His playoff history is superb, like three and a half Ks per nine. Um, Yeah. And the walks are going to be there. You're right. You nailed that. That's, that's a juicy one, but would you go over four and a half Ks for Javier tonight? Yeah, that's something I considered as well. You know, I just don't want to have too much allocated to like him going deep into the game. You know, in order for mm-hmm. him to get two walks, yeah, he, he doesn't necessarily need to go deep into the game. But the 12-and-a-half outs, the four-and-a-half strikeouts, those two things are sort of correlated, and I try not to have too much on needing the same outcome and needing him to go deeper. Uh, I just get concerned that he's going to throw a lot of sliders outside of the strike zone that the Rangers are not going to offer at, and they be, may be racking up walks. They may be hitting those weekly on the ground into double plays. They really don't chase, so – yeah, I definitely prefer his over on walks to his over on strikeouts. Obviously, the juice in that market would tell you, you know, that that's the case. But now that his over 12.5 outs has gotten so juiced up into that minus 130, minus 140 range, I would rather probably take a minus 110 or a plus money on an over 4.5 strikeout. So that's all, something always to look at. You know, as the juice moves up on the outs, the juice should also move up on the strikeout prop, and the juice should also move up on the hits allowed prop and the walks allowed prop. But the same thing, you know, just in terms of shopping around, always finding the best number, because it is good advice that I like to give out. Sometimes books let you bet over a half a hit on a player. Sometimes they let you bet over a half of a total base on a player. That is the same exact bet, right, in theory. But they may move the juice Mm -hmm. 10 cents on one bet as it comes in and not move the other market. So always make sure to shop around. You can sometimes find the bet, a bet that expresses the same exact opinion, listed in two different markets 
at different prices. So just always make sure to shop around to find a better way to express your opinion. But that's a good point, Joe, is, you know, as the juice has moved up so high on that over outs prop, I really don't think the correlation has moved on the strikeouts props. That might be the better approach at this point. I love it. Great advice from Sean Zarillo. I want to look ahead to tomorrow, the matchup between Ranger Suarez and Fought. Anything uh, early looks here that you've already bet or where there's still some value that you like for tomorrow? Yeah, Bryce Harper to walk again. Uh, you know, I, Brandon <laughs> Fought, a guy who struggles with commanded times, but I, I really don't think this should be minus 105. As I said, they're very obviously pitching around Harper when they have nobody on base. Uh, there was also a spot in game two where Kyle Nelson, a lefty, came in to face Harper, runner on second, nobody out. And they basically threw inside or outside, but nothing in the middle of the zone. And it was pretty obvious they were pitching around him. And I do think if it was a one-out or a two-out situation, they might have just put him on intentionally. So you do get the intentional walk factor mixed in as well. But Harper to walk at minus 105, I really think this prop should be minus 140 every day. It just seems way too low to me considering how they're pitching him and how well he's hitting right now. But, yeah, game three is the one spot I'm going to have to jump in on Arizona. As I said, to about minus 104 for the full game, minus 111 for the first five innings. It's a scary spot to bet a team who also seems spooked about running on J.C. Real Muto and going against a left-handed starter likely in Suarez, who's not going to allow them to run either. And that was the one advantage Arizona had in this series was base running and stolen bases and the ability to – be aggressive on the base pass and also their defensive abilities as well. But this Phillies team is scary to bet against, but it does seem to be at a point uh, in terms of the internet consensus that this team is unstoppable and unbeatable and the inevitable World Series champions. And that that is exactly the moment where I do want to bet against them. So even though all of my futures positions are on Philly at this point, I think Arizona mm-hmm. game three is the one spot I would like to bet against them. And uh, it, it does seem to be rather contrarian at the moment, and uh, hopefully I don't look like too much of an idiot when they're up 5 nothing in the first <laughs> inning tomorrow night. But, uh, yeah, this is the one spot I think you have to bet against Philly. About 60 seconds left here, Sean. Uh, do you bet into the championship series MVP markets in LCS, ALCS? You know, I'm in New York, so we're not allowed to bet on any awards, and I have to drive over oh. to Jersey if I want to fire on them. or if I have to, you know, ask friends or – you know, things like that to fire for me. So it is a pain in the butt uh, for me to look at it. But, uh, you know, if you want to look ahead to World Series markets, stuff like that, it's probably going to be Zach Wheeler for me. I usually look for seven-game series, a guy who I think is going to take the ball twice and then has a chance to come out of the bullpen in game seven. So usually the game one starters are guys I fire on uh, pretty typically. And you can usually get about 15 to 20 to one on those guys. I would have bet Wheeler at about 19 to one before the NLCS. So, that's usually the guys I look to look for is the pitcher who starts game one who could potentially come out of the bullpen and also pitch in relief in game seven, like Madison Bumgarner did in the past. Good stuff. Sean Zarillo, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, our lightning bets, our favorite plays for tonight's coming right up right here on the BetQL Network. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Like rave music. Welcome back to Back to All Daily, presented by Ben MGM, Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. 
Just building the tension, I guess. Uh, we're going to get to our lightning bets in just a bit, but first, uh, something that probably wasn't unexpected, but still something uh, we need to deal with as far as uh, what is or isn't actionable. Uh, Colts quarterback, Anthony Richardson, the rookie wonderkind, a uh, lot to like out of him for his first few games of his NFL career, but he is having season-ending sh uh, shoulder surgery. Um, Jim Irsay, the owner, uh, came out with some uh, saying after, after consultation with the medical staff, Anthony knows close to him, but determined he will undergo surgery, will end his season. He's a competitor. We know how difficult and disappointing this is for him and our team. Uh, no doubt it certainly is. Uh, but Joe, as far as what's actionable here, something you and I have talked about before is maybe betting on the, have the worst record in the NFL by season's end. Is that something that you would still want to hammer? I don't know about hammer, but bet at the number that's available as of yesterday morning when we talked about it, it was still 110 to one is that still the number that we have if so i would say that's a yes you're obviously mm -hmm. the big concern carolina needs a few wins for you to be in the mix and yeah but no the more that we see from Minshew, the worse it's probably going to get and there are a lot of motives at play they're going to want to give the ball to jonathan taylor and is that the right thing to do? I'm not quite sure. They don't have the receivers to depend on on the outside right now. And uh, Pierce is dealing with an injury. I guess, you know, Josh Downs is a guy that they probably want to get more targets to to see exactly what they have there as they try to evaluate this team, all without their quarterback of the future. So there's a lot going on, which it's a very weak schedule. If you go on future schedule, I believe they have the easiest future schedule entire NFL but it doesn't mean they're going to get their share of wins because other teams are looking at the Colts games and saying, oh, that's a game we better win. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to jump and in on that market. If Minshew goes down, if Minshew goes down, we're going to Sam Ellinger again. Ooh. Oh, so that'll be nice. <laughs> uh, Colts are currently three and three right now. I think for them to have the worst record, they had to lose out, right? Like, the worst yeah. record in football is not going to have four wins. And so, yeah, it's uh, 110 to 1 to bet on them with the worst record. But, goodness gracious, like, to expect 11 losses in a row, I don't know if I can do that. So, to me, uh, that's a no dog. But I look at this, too, <laughs> and there are other ways to, I think, fade the Colts. You know, maybe it's not in an extreme way like worst record, but... I'm with you. Like, the more Minshew plays, the worse it's going to get for Indy. So maybe there are going to be some games where they're favored and you want to take the money line in the other direction. That's probably how I'm going to play it. So, uh, again, mm -hmm. tough break for him and tough break for his development in general. Maybe we're not as bullish about the Colts going forward because he doesn't have those reps, Richardson does, uh, to develop out of those rookie habits. Instead, he is a, a fortified quarterback. So that that's probably the part that concerns me the most about him. And about the Colts going forward. Uh, as for my lightning bets, I don't have a whole lot today. Uh, I know we've got a good baseball game uh, between the Rangers and the Astros. I have one prop bet for you. I'm going Jose Abreu over one and a half total bases at plus 145. We had Sean Zerillo on in the last segment. And I completely agree with him that Max Scherzer starting 
is it necessarily a good thing for the Rangers, especially <laughs> to get shellacked, in which case the Rangers will have to go to that bullpen, which could affect Texas's chances down the road for other games. That bullpen has looked good in the postseason. It looked atrocious in the second half of the year. So I wonder if it's something where if you exhaust that bullpen too much, that maybe they will revert to their terrible ways. And so Scherzer probably does have to have at least a decent outing through, say, his four innings. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. going to happen. So I could see the Astros yeah. getting back into this series. And if that's the case, Jose Abreu, I think, will be a part of that. So I like over one and a half bases for him at plus 145. And then college football, UTEP on the money line, plus 125 oh against New Mexico State. Much as I like Diego Pavila, Cade McConnell for the Miners had a great outing uh, against FIU. And it may be a closer quarterback battle than the market suggests. And so give me the Miners at home to win outright against their I-10 rivals at plus 125, Joe. Oh, look at you. That's going to be terrific. Uh, Christian Javier, <laughs> over four and a half punch outs. What? No, I, was, I like having college football on, like on the second TV on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Okay, We're just getting sure. into that part of the. Right. I thought I was being just a jerk. I was not being for that one moment in, in okay. time. I was not being a jerk. So, right, not... We got five seconds of genuine kindness. No, I, I think it is good. I, a lot of people don't like the early weekday football, and I say more the merrier. I'm fine with it. Yeah, why? Why would we at that level? It? Sure, yes, yes. Give give them their their time to shine a little bit. I mean, come right. on. There's always people looking for football. Uh, Christian Javier, four and a half strikeouts, had nine against the Twins. Very high strikeout rate. We know about his playoff experience, and he's darn good in the playoffs. I know it's been a rougher season for him, but he's going to go over four and a half punch outs today. Scherzer, sounds like we're all on board. Makes perfect sense. They said the baseline is 70 pitches. He had a simulated game uh, a week or so ago, and he threw 68 pitches. So I don't think he's going to go much much more past that. And, and look, if they're in the game, like – yeah, they're probably only going to ask for four innings. And if he's bad, all right, let's get him out of there. I could see that. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't want to – Yeah, they don't want to look at look back and say, oh, we made a mistake in having Scherzer go in game three when we were completely controlling the series. Anyways, I'm in on under 12.5 outs recorded. And taking a look at the walks market, yes, Jordan Alvarez makes a lot of sense especially after the two-homer game. And he was walked last game as well. This is something that has been cashing. But we're going to correlate things. We're high on Javier walks. It's just juiced too much for me to give it out in lightning bets. It's going to go over one and a half walks. It is. But Evan Carter draws a lot of walks. I'll take Carter. Minus 125 for a walk. Love it. Love it. Isn't that Jake's favorite guy? That's his guy. Yes. His baby that's, boy. That's yeah. my guy. Oh, he's not gonna he's not gonna win World Series MVP. Zip it. I want to hear it, Joseph. He's we winning. were messing with Cause there, cause a platoon. Because they're not he, getting he, there. Platooning. Because the Rangers oh. aren't getting there. All right. Oh. Hot take Aspen has entered the chat. <laughs> Action Aspen's that's, back. Whoa. That's not a public, public. quality thing to say. I'm with Paul on and I plus one and a half games. I hate though. the Astros. Two and a half. Yeah, I'll, two and a half. It even. Oh money. yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah I'm that with makes them sense. That. But they they yeah, will get right. the Rangers are the Rangers are gonna get there. Stop trying to ruin my manifestation, okay? 
AJ said on the show it's going to be a long series. By the way, yeah, he's got a lot of sons. What you, hey, yeah, wrap it up. Uh, I'm active. Little suspect. Wow. Um. On that note. I think I'm going to pass on the baseball. I don't know what to expect from Max Scherzer tonight. I'm just going to sit this one out. Looking forward to seeing Passing him. He is baseball. 39 years old. He hasn't. Yes. He so hasn't. You're watching pitched... the baseball over Monday Night Football. Hawks just got a lot of hockey bets coming down the pipe right now. Here we go. Here we go. Right. Here we go. Tell the me about my Kings. I do have my first teaser Tomorrow. of the season. First teaser. Thank you to Ed. I'm going to be on the Bills. Tease that down, and then the Giants against the Commanders. I'll I'll tease the Giants up. So a Bills Giants teaser for you. That's all I got for today. All right. I will reiterate. Astros plus two and a half games, even money. Seems like a great price. And I'm. I kind of want I, – I like that side, especially Buffalo. I don't know. Buffalo, New England, kind of weird spot. I might not include that one. The Giants I'm looking at, I would I don't honestly rather have Tyrod in that game. And I think against that defense, and we'll talk about this later in the too. week, you start looking at things like passing yards or alt lines or maybe he's the passing mm-hmm. yards leader. It's a dicey offensive line. But see, if, if it's more Tyrod, I'd be more inclined to go with the Giants. Um, mm-hmm. But I'll go max under 12.5 outs as well tonight uh before the bets really quick i just want to read a real tweet that just came across oh, no. uh my timeline in december okay. tyson badgen threw two interceptions and was sacked eight Three times agents. against colorado school of mines <laughs> what is that what is that Tricky spot what Tricky is... spot what's yeah. the interception price going to be on the agency yeah. Minus a billion. I mean, we're gonna have minus one seventy five. I'd still play it there. Yeah. Interception parlay. Run it back. Been a while since we had one of those. Two plus picks. Yeah. Mm. Um, anyway, oh, Raiders for the baseball to score. Yes. Last touchdown. Anyway, go ahead. Ooh, it's a good call. for uh good call. the baseball. I'm just going to take a bunch of props today again, and then I'm also going to take the total. I'm going to start with the total over nine in this game because I think a lot of these hitters are in a really good spot to do well. Two-plus bases for Laoti Tavares and Josh Young each. Both have good history against Javier, both having really good postseason so far. Tavares, five for 16 with a double and a homer in his career versus Javier, slashing 348-43-609 this postseason. Young, two for three in his career versus Javier and just hit a homer the other day, slugging 630 this postseason. Michael Brantley, two-plus plus bases. I know Zerillo yes. was saying that he might get pulled, get lefties early, but the spot against Scherzer is too good. 20 for 54 with eight doubles, a triple, and three homers versus Max Scherzer good. in his career, and he's hitting 357, yeah. 438, 643 this postseason. So I really like that, and like I said, I like the over in this spot because I like a lot of these hitters to do well. I'm also going to take all of those guys, Tavares, Young, and Brantley, to hit a homer in the Just for Funsies home run plays of the day. Young is plus 560. Tavares is 10 to 1, which is outrageous to me, and Brantley's plus 870. Oh, man. That's a great number. Yeah, yeah, those are good numbers. They're also, like, favorites for ALCS MVP, which I still think Young offers some value there. I agree with that. Yeah. 
I'd probably go uh, that one over anything else. No hockey bets, guys? No one wants to take the Penguins on the puck line at plus 185? Sidney Crosby's off to a fantastic start. Bedard plays playing. tomorrow against Colorado. I'm curious what the shots on goal will be. You you got to keep this bit up all year. You have to. It's We're my guy. In April when the Blackhawks are well out of it, and it's still that. Thanks for watching and listening to Make You All Daily, presented by BetMGM. For those listening, next up is Jim Rome. For those watching on Twitch and YouTube, stay tuned for the Daily Tip. Take care, everybody.